544 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers, just a couple of minutes ago, in fact, wrapped up a very convincing 4-1 home victory against the Washington Capitals. It was pretty much thorough domination for the Rangers uh, from the start of the game right until the finish there. And it's funny because I mentioned this in my Locked On Now video, and some of you might have seen that. I posted it on Twitter uh, just a short time ago here as well. But what I mentioned there, what I'll say here again for anybody that might have missed it, is that it's one of those games that even though the Rangers only had a one nothing lead as late as, you know, two minutes remaining in the second period, it never once felt like they were in any danger of losing the game. It always just felt like they were in complete control and that they, they were going to go on and win this game, eventually pull away from the Caps, come away with two points against their division rival. And of course, that's exactly what happened. Just one of those games. It felt like the Rangers were in total control. Another nice performance by Igor Shesterkin, but uh, the Line that really kind of stole the show, I think, for me and probably for everybody watching this. Once again, the Rangers uh, reformed top line with Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider on the left wing and Alexi Lafreniere on the right wing. They combined for, I believe it was five points. I don't have the box score open, but I'll double check that in a little bit here. But uh, Kreider with a goal, Mika with a goal and an assist, and Alexi Lafreniere with a goal and an assist. Lafreniere has looked really good since the All-Star break. I think, obviously, as I've mentioned before on this podcast, playing with Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad certainly bodes well for him going forward. It gets to a point where I think if you're Lafreniere or really anybody, if you get to play with those two players, you're inevitably going to see an uptick in your offensive production. But it goes beyond just the goal and the assist. Alexi Lafreniere was all over the ice tonight. Very, very noticeable just about every single time he was on the ice. And to kind of just go through uh, his, his two points here real quick, for starters, you've got the goal that was scored by Mika Zibanejad in the first period. Alexi Lafreniere gains the blue line, goes in with a lot of speed, got the Capitals to kind of commit to him, and then in the blink of an eye, he leaves the puck for Mika Zibanejad. Nice little drop pass there, gets it back to Mika. Mika winds back, tattoos a slap shot 100 miles per hour, and uh, beats Samsonov, and the Rangers are up one nothing, and uh, they would be in front for the rest of the game. And something else that I talked about recently on this podcast, but it's a point that I think really bears repeating, is that Alexi Lafreniere, you know, you, you look at him, what he's done through his first uh, season and a half here with the New York Rangers, and you look at all the different players he's shared the ice with, I think... More so than any other player on this New York Ranger roster, the one guy that he seems to click with better than anybody is Mika Zibanejad. We saw that on display toward the end of last season. They put Lafreniere with Mika and Kreider for a little bit down the stretch uh, in the Rangers' last 10 games of last season or whatever it might have been, you know, last eight games, last 10 games, something like that. But bottom line, Lafreniere and Mika, you watch them play, it's hard to necessarily describe in great detail, but you can just tell... Uh, they just have a feel for where the other one's going to be and what the other one is thinking, and they just seem to click, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of this. Sign me up for it, because that first line is absolutely humming right now. Like we said, they had a goal, or excuse me, they had a hand in all of the Rangers' first three goals, and as far as uh, the goal that Lafreniere scored, I mean, we might as well really just go right through them right here. We're talking about the success of the first line. Might as well, uh, you know, just enjoy it and uh, go through the goal highlights here, but uh, yeah, Lafreniere scores on a deflection in front of the net. Something of a dirty goal. I mean, that deflections are kind of a combination of, you know, being a dirty goal and also a skill goal because when you've got a slap shot coming flying toward you and toward the net, uh, obviously it takes a ton of skill to, you know, redirect it into the twine. But of course, you know, there's some grit involved there because you got to go to the net and, you know, deal with defensemen who are trying to push you out of there. But 
Basically, uh, Mika Zibanejad is pressuring the puck. This was right after an offensive zone draw for the Rangers. Mika's pressuring the puck. Kind of makes the Capitals panic a little bit. They try to clear the puck out of the zone, but Ryan Lindgren is there. And Lindgren's got a lot of space in front of him. So he basically just winds back, takes a rip, lets it fly. And Alexi Lafreniere, like we said, was right there in the crease, tips it into the net. And just like that, the Rangers were up 2 to nothing. And again, to just kind of uh, continue to heap praise on this top line here, let's go ahead and talk about the third goal of this game, also scored by this line. And this came as a result of the Rangers basically just outworking the Capitals, which was a theme on this night. Uh, the Rangers just had a physical and mental edge on the Capitals. We will talk about that in greater detail, particularly as it pertains to Tom Wilson and Ryan Reeves. We'll talk about that and the Ryan Reeves effect in a second. But as for this goal here, you had Mika Zibanejad and Alexi Lafreniere, both on the forecheck, both fighting their tails off to try to get possession of the puck. They just wanted it more than the Capitals did. And eventually, uh, Mika works the puck back along the boards to Adam Fox. Fox did a great job. He didn't have a lot of room to keep the puck in the zone, but he did it. Barely keeps the puck in, just in front of the blue line there. Puts it toward the net. Kreider's in position for a deflection. I know that's really surprising, right? That Chris Kreider would be in perfect position for a deflection. But actually, this time, he didn't score on the deflection. He deflects the puck. It's stopped by Samsonov. But the rebound goes to Samsonov's right, and Kreider sees it, and he's right on top of it. He gets to it, backhands it into the wide open net, and just like that, it is three to nothing Rangers. So I uh, just can't say enough about the job that this line did. They were also, uh, Kreider and Mika, that is, very, very good on the penalty kill. I guess if there was one opposite of silver lining in this game for the New York Rangers. It is that they took a lot of penalties and a lot that they absolutely did not need to take at all. Looking at you, Ryan Strom. Strom had a rough night. He's one of the few players on the Rangers that uh, did not play very well in this game. He had a completely unnecessary penalty with two seconds left in the first period and a completely unnecessary penalty with two seconds remaining in the second period. Fortunately, though, uh, as we just mentioned, the Ranger penalty kill was up to speed. And surprisingly, the Washington Capitals are only 28th in the league uh, when it comes to power play efficiency, which is surprising to say the least. Um, but be that as it may, uh, the Rangers penalty kill still stepped up big and the Capitals end up 0 for 4 on the man advantage. But yeah, if there was one little nitpick, it's that the Rangers took a couple too many unnecessary penalties in this game. Julian Gauthier had one late in the game too. That was in the offensive zone, just an unnecessary holding penalty. But again, not that big of a deal when you're otherwise thoroughly dominating the game. And of course, when the penalty kill steps up, as the Ranger PK did tonight, it makes it hurt quite a bit less as well. But we're just uh, basically scratching the surface here. We're going to continue talking about what turned out to be a heck of a win for this New York Ranger team. We will get into the greater details, including the Ryan Reeves effect in just a second here. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. I am sticking to my resolution to eat right Thanks to Bilt Bar, it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Very, very good. These are going to be your new favorites. All Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, puffs included 100% Real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories. 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, 
Then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we got to go ahead and talk about the Ryan Reeves factor. I know there's a lot of Ranger fans who definitely want to see Reeves eventually fight Tom Wilson or for Tom Wilson to otherwise get his comeuppance in some sort of a physical manner. And you can certainly count me among you. I mean, you show me a Ranger fan that doesn't want to see Tom Wilson get his ass kicked, right? But I got to say, in some ways, I feel like what happened tonight was even more satisfying, even more fun than actually seeing... Tom Wilson in a fight and seeing him lose that fight. I mean, that would be great. Don't get me wrong. But Tom Wilson was absolutely invisible in this game here tonight. And when you look at him on the screen, the few times he was on screen, there was just no fire in his eyes. Uh, There was no physicality on Tom Wilson's part. There was no chirping. There was nothing. And I got to believe, as I kind of hinted at a couple minutes ago, that's the Ryan Reeves factor. He does not want to act up around, around Ryan Reeves, excuse me, because The second that he does something, the second that he takes a run at one of these Ranger players, he knows that Ryan Reeves is coming after him. Reeves isn't going to do anything stupid and just drop his gloves and take a five-minute major penalty while Tom Wilson runs and hides, but if Wilson gives him a reason, Reeves is definitely going to go after him. And you you watch this game here tonight, the contradiction was just beautiful. You look at Ryan Reeves, he was only out there for 12 minutes and 54 seconds, but he ends up with five hits, which honestly, I thought it would probably be more than that. Uh, there was one instance where he laid out Carl Haglin. I think it was the third period. Clean hit, you know, former New York Ranger knocking him to the ice. He had one shot on goal. He ends up with one assist. He was a plus one on the night. And then Tom Wilson, like I said, completely invisible. Didn't even know he was out there. Wouldn't dare to cause any trouble in a game where he might have to answer to Ryan Reeves. Tom Wilson on the night was a minus two. He had one shot on goal, 14 minutes and 57 seconds of ice time, including 226 on the power play and 41 seconds on the penalty kill. And that's it. Tom Wilson didn't have any other stats. That was literally it. Minus two, one shot on goal, and uh, 1457 of ice time. But uh, you could have fooled me. I barely even noticed him out there. And like I said, I, I believe that's the Ryan Reeves effect. And... Yes, it'd be great to see Ryan Reeves, uh, you know, land a couple of punches on him. But to see Tom Wilson, you know, basically just shrink and shrivel in this game against, you know, a division rival and just be completely unnoticeable out there. I mean, if Tom Wilson's in a fight, at least then, you know, if you're a Capitals fan, even if he loses the fight, you could say, well, he's in the game. You know, he's firing up his teammates. He's doing this. He's doing that. But Tom Wilson gave the Capitals absolutely nothing in this game tonight. And I think Ryan Reeves is a huge part of the reason why. There's a shadow following him around on the ice and his name is Ryan Reeves and uh, just awesome to see this is why the Rangers brought Reeves in I know he hasn't been in a lot of fights this season but the Ranger players swear by it they feel more confident and they feel like you know opponents are going to have to answer to dirty plays or late hits or whatever it might be uh, just by the simple fact that Ryan Reeves is on the team and uh, that's obviously fantastic to see Ryan Reeves seems to be completely embracing this big brother role that he seems to have with this New York Ranger team and it showed up tonight because Tom Wilson didn't do a damn thing. And and really, nobody on the Capitals uh, stood out in a positive way for their team tonight. I know Ovechkin got a goal at the end of the game, and he actually ended up with five shots on net, to be fair. But I didn't think there was a chance, uh, really, any 
kind of a good chance that Alex Ovechkin was going to score. I know he had four shots on goal prior to the goal that he scored, but I don't remember any A-plus scoring opportunities for Ovechkin before that one. And uh, obviously, you know, the Rangers held him in check. And Nick Backstrom, I'm not even kidding when I say this. I literally had to check the box score to see if he even played in this game tonight. I don't remember his name being called a single time. Rangers obviously doing a good job against the uh, the usual suspects for the Washington Capitals, holding them all in check. And, uh, you know, obviously that was a huge part to the Rangers dominating this game. The Rangers star players simply outperformed the Capitals star players. And, you know, we were talking about Reeves just a second ago. I want to also kind of highlight the fourth and final goal that the Rangers scored on this night. We might as well. I mean, it was a really nice night for the fourth line. Top to bottom, this was just a team win, cliche or not. I thought the Rangers got contributions up and down the lineup. But it was also really nice to see these guys on the fourth line uh, kind of break through with a goal here. We've talked about the need for more secondary scoring. And it's been a while since uh, the fourth line has bagged one, I think. I, I think it's been at least a handful of games and uh, this fourth line was recently reconstructed. In fact, this is the uh, first game where this particular trio of players is playing together on the fourth line. You had Barclay Goodrow, Kevin Rooney, and Ryan Reeves out there together. But this goal gave the Rangers a 4-0 lead with about nine minutes to play in the game, basically sealed the victory, and this goal was a thing of beauty. There was a face-off in the Rangers zone, and first of all, Ryan Reeves lined up right across from Tom Wilson, and Wilson was clearly mining his manners there. Uh, the the uh, NHL broadcast zoomed in close on both of them. Tom Wilson didn't really have much to say, uh, but the puck is dropped, and Reeves bodies Alex Ovechkin, and it basically leads to the Rangers, uh, you know, escaping with the puck, escaping their own zone with the puck. You've got Kevin Rooney moving in up the right side. It's a two-on-one, and I thought Rooney did a fantastic job here. He really held the puck for as long as he possibly could and did a really nice job of, uh, you know, drawing the defenseman over to him, and that kind of opens up a pass to Barclay Goodrow. Goodrow's got nobody on him, so Rooney, again, he's got the defenseman coming toward him, gets the puck over to Goodrow, and Goodrow you know, he's coming in from the left side. He starts to move across the goal crease to his right, but then he tucks a backhand home. Looks like he went five hole, and uh, he scores, and the Rangers are up 4 nothing. That's 11 goals for Barclay Goodrow, and it's funny because, you know, I, I was aware of the fact that he had 10 goals coming into this game, and, you know, I hadn't really checked his career numbers all that recently, and I'm thinking, like, man, he's definitely going to get, you know, his, his career high in goals this season. I wonder how close he is, and, you know, I finally checked tonight. Yeah, he's already passed his uh, previous career high in goals in the NHL. It was 2019-2020. He scored eight goals, splitting that season between the San Jose Sharks and the Tampa Bay Lightning, and of course, won the cup with the Lightning. But can't say enough about the job that Barclay Goodrow has done for the Rangers. Again, a physical tone setter, great penalty killer, somebody that you want on the ice at the end of games, you know, protecting a one-goal lead or whatever it might be. But now, apparently, he can contribute offensively as well. And, uh, you know, I think two of them are empty netters, but you know what? So what? He, he's doing a great job for the Rangers. A really nice acquisition by the Blue Shirts in the offseason. And, uh, you know, a well-deserved goal, not just for him, but also for Rooney and Rees, both getting assists on this play. Again, this all came off of a defensive zone draw, and the Rangers just went the other way with the puck, and all three of those forwards had a hand in the Rangers, uh, once again, scoring the goal and pretty much putting the game out of reach. Never say never, but uh, the Capitals were flat as a pancake tonight. They weren't coming back from four goals with nine minutes to go. As I'm sure pretty much everyone is aware of by this point, the Rangers also had to make a couple of uh, pregame adjustments to their roster, a couple of surprise players in the lineup for various reasons, and we're getting to all that in just a second. I thought Morgan Barron had a great game tonight. We haven't even talked about him yet, but he looked good. Continues to look like he belongs in the NHL pretty much any time that he uh, dresses for this New York Ranger team. And like I said, we will get to that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.net. 
Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so I want to go ahead and, like I said, talk a little bit about some of the pregame adjustments that the Rangers made to their lineup. Uh, For starters, uh, big congratulations to Patrick Nemeth. It sounds like his wife is expecting, and she's due uh, pretty much any minute. I mean, that's at least what it sounded like, you know, just going by, um, you know, different Ranger reporters that were breaking the news on Twitter. And uh, big congratulations to them and, you know, all the best to, uh, you know, having a healthy child there. Um, and of course, Zach Jones was recalled from the AHL Hartford Wolfpack to step into the lineup in this game here tonight. And uh, I thought, again, another pretty strong game for him. He ends up with an assist. I think him and Braden Schneider seem to have some good chemistry together. And it's funny because actually a little bit earlier on Thursday, we did an episode where I was kind of, uh, you know, throwing out the idea or kind of just bring up the debate rather about, you know, whether the Rangers should turn to Zach Jones or whether they should stick it out a little bit longer with Patrick Nemeth. And to make a long story short, I came to the conclusion that, you know, Nemeth deserves another chance. He's gone through a lot of adversity this season, battling both illness and injuries. But, you know, he is kind of on the clock because I think Zach Jones has mostly played well when he's been up with the Rangers. Uh, But we'll see how that goes. Obviously, if his wife is expecting, I would imagine Nemeth is going to uh, miss at least the next couple of games here. The Rangers play on both Saturday and Sunday. So I get the feeling you're going to see Zach Jones out there with Braden Schneider for both of those games at the very least. And uh, after that, probably going to be touch and go. I would imagine Patrick Nemeth will probably step back out there whenever he returns from leave. Uh, But we'll see how the Rangers look to play it. And then the other big news was that Philip Heedle was out of the lineup. He was apparently not feeling all that well, according to Gerard Gallant. So uh, it sounds like that was uh, an illness. Per Galan, it is not COVID related, uh, but Morgan Barron took Philip Heedle's spot in the lineup, and Barron actually got to play on the third line. He he literally stepped right into Philip Heedle's spot in the lineup. Not only did he replace him, uh, you know, as far as being active, but he actually uh, took over the third line center duties, and he centered a line of Greg McKeg and Julian Gauthier. And I thought overall this line played pretty well. Gauthier had a couple of chances. He uh, there was a play. It's that play that we always see from Gautier, where he goes in uh, at kind of like a 45-degree angle toward the net and then just can't finish from the doorstep. But this one had a little bit of a twist because Gautier had a defender on him, and he made a beautiful between his own legs, you know, basically pass to himself. He moved the puck between his own legs, went to the net there, looked for the stuff in, couldn't quite get it to go. And then Adam Fox was there. Fox had crashed the net, and Fox actually got his stick on the puck. And man, his his stuff in try couldn't have gone wide by more than, you know, an inch or two. So uh, Julian Gauthier continues to be snake bitten on the you know, somewhat rare opportunities that he gets to actually get a goal. It just doesn't, it seems like he just can't convert. He just doesn't have that finish to his game, at least not yet. But the guy who really stole the show on this line, at least for me and probably for a lot of you guys watching as well, was Morgan Barron. Uh, He was very noticeable pretty much all game, playing like somebody who doesn't want to come out of the lineup and doesn't want to go back down to Hartford. 
He made the most out of fairly limited ice time. He was only out there for 8 minutes and 48 seconds, which was the least of any New York Ranger player. Uh, but, you know, four shots on goal for Barron. He had three hits as well. He kind of got into it with a player on the Capitals as both of them were going to the bench. They were kind of pushing and shoving. Uh, Barron's a really scrappy, gritty player, and he had a couple of opportunities to score in this game. I mentioned Gauthier a second ago. He made another really nice play in the second period, Gautier basically went across the blue line of the Capitals, was going in up the left side, lost his balance a little bit, but he dove and with one hand knocked the puck with his stick over to Morgan Barron. And Barron was right there, uh, went for the shot, and unfortunately was denied, I believe, on a glove save by Sam Sonoff. And earlier in the game as well, uh, Barron in the first period had a chance to score from the doorstep. I believe it was Reeves who passed from behind the Ranger net. Might have been a partial line change there. Might have been Reeves. I, I don't know that for 100% certainty. But somebody passed from behind the goal line in front to Barron. Barron had a great opportunity from the doorstep, but in that case, he was also uh, denied by Sam Sonoff. But Morgan Barron showing very, very well for himself. Doing a little bit of everything for the Rangers in this game. And like I said, playing like somebody who does not want to come out of the lineup. And we'll see what happens when everybody's healthy. I mean, when Hedl's healthy, you got to figure he's going back out there. But maybe Morgan Barron sticks in the lineup over somebody like Greg McKaig. And, you know, McKaig's a hardworking player. I don't really have anything bad to say about him. I just think that his upside overall is fairly limited. I don't think that's unfair to say at this point. Uh, he is 30 years old and has always just kind of been one of those NHL, AHL swingmen. He's, he's done some good things for the Rangers this season, but I think Barron clearly has a higher ceiling. And uh, again, he stood out uh, in a very positive way in this game. So uh, I think he's earned another opportunity to stay in the lineup even after Philip Hedl comes back. And then when Kako comes back and the Rangers finally have a full house and maybe they trade for somebody. Uh, we'll see how it looks. Barron's going to have a tough time staying in the lineup, but if he continues to play like this, he's at least got a shot at it. You know, he, he'll have a shot to even remain in the lineup even once the Rangers get back to full strength, if they get back to full strength at all, because there's no guarantees. You know, Kako might come back and by then, you know, somebody else is out of the lineup for one reason or another. You need depth. You need guys that can be ready at a moment's notice. Barron and Jones were both ready at a moment's notice uh, for this game here tonight, and both of them played very very, very well. So props to both of them for stepping in in a, uh, you know, big time division rival matchup and playing some good hockey for the Rangers and uh, helping the Rangers get this 4-1 to victory here tonight. One other play that I want to call some attention to, this happened in the second period and of course the Rangers are only up one to nothing at this time, but the Rangers were shorthanded. This was one of the, uh, you know, foolish penalties that Ryan Strom took at the end of a period. Uh, he did it twice in this game and it's early in the second period, obviously the first two minutes of the second period and there's a situation, obviously, the Rangers are shorthanded, and Kevin Rooney made a really great play. Uh, he basically picked Alex Ovechkin's pocket and took the puck away from him, and Ovechkin kind of retaliated and ended up taking a penalty himself there, and that went to four-on-four. Four. But we talked about how the fourth line had a really nice night. We talked about how the penalty kill had a really nice night, and both of those things were on display with that really nice play by Kevin Rooney there. And of course, we got to talk about Igor Shesterkin. Just another night at the office for him. He stops 36 of the 37 shots that he faced. He was also 2-0 on breakaway opportunities. Uh, he stopped Hathaway on the one breakaway, and then he later stopped Alex Ovechkin. And it's funny because, you know, Alex Ovechkin going in on a breakaway, I should be more nervous about that than I was watching this game live. I believe the Rangers were up 3-0 at that point. Obviously, Ovechkin scores there, gets them back into the game, gives them a chance about midway through the third period there. But the way Igor Shesterkin's been playing and how good he is on breakaways, I just didn't think there was any way Ovechkin was going to score. And Igor just stayed with him all the way, very calmly just moved to his left across the crease, squared up the shot, blocked it with his chest, put his glove on it, froze play, and, you know, 
Settled for a defensive zone faceoff for the Rangers, but Igor's just firing on all cylinders. Cannot say enough about the job that he's been doing for this team. And this is another point that I wanted to make about Igor. And this gives you an idea of what kind of a season he's been having for this New York Ranger team. So even if they had ended up getting the shutout tonight, and if they had, it would have been a 37 save shutout for Igor Shesterkin. I don't know that this performance by Igor tonight even ranked in his top 10 best games of the season. I mean, maybe it did, but if it did, it's at the lower end of the spectrum. He's been uh, just sensational. He's had games where he's made more quality saves than this. I mean, I know 36 saves and 37 shots is a lot. But the Rangers mostly defended well, and that might sound strange, you know, considering once again, the Capitals end up with 37 shots on goal, but it was all quantity. It wasn't quality. There weren't too many gritty scoring opportunities for the Washington Capitals in this game, and I think that's due to the Rangers obviously playing good team defense and once again, stepping up big on the penalty kill. So uh, Igor Shesterkin, a lot of saves, but man, I mean, it, it was a it was a walk in the park for Igor Shesterkin. When you Compare this game to some of the other games that he's had uh, earlier in this season, games that he's had to steal for the New York Rangers. This was a uh, child's play for Igor Shesterkin. One more Igor Shesterkin stat that I'll throw at you guys, and then we can pretty much call it a night, is his record. He is now 25-5-3 on the season. Uh, that is just absolutely ridiculous. And it also means, you know, if you group the wins with the overtime losses, in games started by Igor Shesterkin, this season for the Rangers, they have at least one point in 84.8% of the games that Igor Shesterkin has started. I mean, pick whatever adjective you want. That is just absolutely sensational by Igor Shesterkin and somebody who is running away as the Vesna leading candidate. And that's not even really up for debate right now, I don't think. And somebody who, you know, I think when it's all said and done, he might even get a couple of votes for the heart. We'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Maybe he even wins the heart. It's been a crazy season and a really fun season for the New York Rangers. Speaking of fun, one other thing that I wanted to mention, and some of you guys probably saw this on social media, Sean Avery has signed a contract in the ECHL. Sean Avery is 41 years old. He retired 10 years ago. I'm not sure really what his end game is here. He just wants to play some hockey, just wants to, you know, cash in, have some fun, whatever it might be. Maybe he thinks he can make it back to the NHL. I'd say the odds are pretty well against that. But, you know, with Avery, I always thought he retired uh, quite a bit earlier than he needed to. And I understand that he could be a headache at time and his antics could be quite a bit, uh, a bit much rather. But, you know, I mean, he was only 31 or 32 when he retired. I got to believe one of the then 30 or so teams in the NHL would have given him a contract, if nothing else. But, uh, you know, I know he has some other interests away from the rink. But, uh, yeah, that's some news you're not really expecting to see when you're scrolling through Twitter is that Sean Avery is playing hockey again. Pretty wild stuff. Uh, but, yeah, that will pretty much do it for tonight, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.